0: Today we have Kara Ogburn with us from Milwaukee Film. Kara, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, no problem. So, I am curious, how did you end up
1: becoming a part of Milwaukee Film? So, it's it's a long and circuitous story. I'll try to keep it brief, but uh, I started working seasonally with the festival in 2011. Uh, I was organizing panels and off-screen events, extensions of our film programming. Uh, I was doing that for two years, set up to do it for a third, and ended up being invited to join the, the real team as an education manager, overseeing all of our in- education initiatives. So not just that off-screen stuff, but also some, you know, programs for youth, uh, programs for filmmakers. I was doing that, continued to sort of evolve into my role now as programming and education director, which I've actually been doing for like three festivals now, this is my third. So uh, I've been with the festival for five years, um, but we're turning 10 this year is a big deal. That's amazing. So as an outreach coordinator, director, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm director of programming and education so that means that I uh, lead the team that programs the films for the festival as well as for the Oriental Theater year-round now as of this past summer uh, as well as leading our education department so our initiatives for young people. Um, we've since uh, re- really recently launched the Milwaukee Filmmaker Alliance which now serves local filmmakers through programs. Really fun. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of Milwaukee Films? Yeah, so the Film Festival was founded and launched, uh, it was actually founded in 2008 and held the first festival in 2009. Uh, so we're turning 10 this year and we're hoping that we have a little bit of a, a birthday party feel around the festival amidst the, the celebration. Um, we now are at 15-day festival. This year we run from October 18th to November 1st uh, and we show Films from all around the world, uh, as well as from the U.S., as well as right here in Milwaukee. Our Cream City Cinema program showcases work made locally um, the filmmakers that the Milwaukee Filmmaker Alliance supports. Uh, we show fiction, we show documentary, we show features, we show shorts programs, we show films for kids in our Lady K for Kids program. So there's really something for everybody uh, within the film festival, but only for 15 minutes. <laughs> so you gotta get out there right away. You gotta get out there, you get people, I always hear people saying, oh, right, and then they're like, wait, it went by, I missed it. 15 days, it's too short. And I'll tell you, the staff says, 15 days is not a short amount of time. (laughs) So uh, make sure you don't miss it. Tell me about some of your topics for this year's Film Fest. Well, one of uh, my top picks is probably actually the film that Neroli is a proud sponsor of this year. Uh, Neroli is sponsoring two films. Uh, One of those is the film I Am Not a Witch. It is in our competition program and it is, it's really hard to describe, but it tells the story of a young girl um, in Africa who, through what is ultimately a satirical film about African women, uh, is accused of being a witch and then treated as though she is a witch despite her protestations, as the title would suggest. Um, but it's beautifully shot, it's really sensitive, it really, I feel, although it is intended to kind of speak to the african woman's experience kind of speaks to women's experiences across cultures and while it is maybe a little bit you know dark satirical it has funny moments moments of levity um and is a great view into a really young perspective on the world
0: that film was the overwhelming top choice of neroli employees great so we yeah. had fun with yeah. choosing our films we actually put a survey out on our uh, private facebook page wow. and everybody got to vote I was
1: floored at how fast the boats came wow. in. And um, yeah, that was it's definitely. It's really good. been racking up awards on the festival circuit. It's got a little bit of that sort of festival buzz. Um, it was, and, it, and it's incredible. Uh, everyone on our staff is also a big fan, so we're excited that you guys are too. What are some of your other big picks? Uh, some of my other favorites are probably uh, We have a film in our world views program this year called Spore, which is the latest film from Agnieszka Holland, a Polish uh, filmmaker uh, American audiences may best know her from her work in television. She's directed episodes of The Wire, The Killing, House of Cards, Treme, that Burning Bush miniseries that was on HBO. Um, a really talented director, really a master of her craft, but hasn't been making films so much. Uh, she score is one of my favorites from Berlin two years ago. Uh, it's, uh, it tells the story of a retired female engineer living in a really, really small town where she gets kind of frustrated with simultaneously sort of bad treatment of animals as well as there's, there's some crimes going on that she sets out to investigate. I keep saying it's kind of like the Twin Peaks universe, but instead of Detective Cooper, the log lady, is our detective. Um, so it's it's a fun film, but a little bit of mystery. Um, and Agnieszka Holland is actually scheduled to come to Milwaukee, which is incredible to have like a legendary uh, Polish filmmaker, but one who's really well known to American audiences, uh, particularly those who watch good TV, uh, to come to Milwaukee. I think she'll have a great time here, because you know, Milwaukee has those Polish roots, so. We do have a thriving Polish community. Exactly. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Other films that I'm excited about uh, in our documentary Festival Favorites program, which I'm proud to lead the programming for. Uh, Two films I would mention here, uh, a very fun film called Catwalk, Tales from the Cat Show Circuit, which is a documentary about Mostly women, but also some men who show cats in Canada, and it's you know you've seen the film Best in Show. Yeah. It's a lot like that, but it's real and they're cats, and the with adorable Canadian ladies. Um, so if you like cats, you might see a little bit of your crazy cat lady self on screen, which I did as a crazy, yeah, lady. crazy cat lady. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I'm you know borderline not crazy, but <laughs> yeah. uh, and then another film in that program, Time for Ilhan. Uh, tells the story of Ilhan Omar, who is the first Somali-American legislator. She's out of Minneapolis uh, And it sort of tracks her political campaign sort of fighting against some of the perceptions that there may be of Somali-Americans But also women within that culture, Islamic women, uh, and she is a spitfire and you will fall in love with her And you will really get kind of emotionally invested in her campaign that was a strong contender okay, amongst great, great, great. the Neroli group too. <laughs> tell everybody. I so have
0: to say though, our other sponsored film is The Heat, The yeah. Kitchen Revolution. Can you tell us about yeah. that goes? So I'm
1: super excited that you guys chose that film. I saw the film's premiere. It was opening night at the Hot Box Film Festival up in Toronto. And it is energizing. The film uh, sort of opens up the experience of women within the world of restaurants, and specifically chef culture. Uh, our Film Feast programmer, uh, the film, uh, the heat is in our Film piece program. Uh, Anna, our programmer, was really excited to find this film as well, because she's always having a hard time finding films about women in the kitchen uh, as chefs. Um, and she says that, you know, chefs are frequently not very likable characters. And this film kind of shows you why, which is that there's a significant glass ceiling for women in restaurant culture. And the, it showcases a few women who are kind of breaking through that. Um, Anita Lowe, and sophie Pick, who's one of only three Michelin-starred female chefs in France. Uh, Michelin stars being very hard to come by generally, uh, specifically for women. Uh, so it showcases a couple of early women pioneers who are not that early because they're basically contemporary, as well as some rising stars and really kind of digs into the experiences of women in the kitchen. experiences of women in leadership roles where they're challenged really frequently and some of the toxic uh culture that is in the kitchens that of restaurants that we know and love um it's a really powerful thing
0: i think the whole women in leadership aspect is why it resonated Mm -hmm. here obviously a company of largely women yeah that definitely hit home a lot of people are
1: excited about that and that's um that is actually a little bit of a theme. Um, we've recently shared some news from Milwaukee Film, which is that we were able to raise the number of women gi- directors that we show in our festival, 19 percentage points for, uh, fe- for festival films, up to 47% on average, um, really thinking about gender parity, um, and you know, although we're really kind of at the end of the pipeline as exhibitors, really trying to show that audiences wanna see films that are made by women, where women are in leadership roles on set. Um, so we're really proud of that. We have a new Women in Film Audience Award that will be decided by audience vote and sort of help say, hey, you no, know, these films are incredible. And you know, people who fund films and distribute films ought to be sort of looking more to women to make them. That's really exciting. There's so much cool stuff
0: happening with the film festival. Can you tell us about all the different activities? I know there's a lot. I've, we were just privileged the other night to be at the sponsor kickoff event, which mm-hmm. was super fun. Really fun to see some of the movies that are coming. I know you were talking about the
1: cat movie. I was really <laughs> jazzed about the puppy yeah. movie. We're equal opportunity. Okay, uh, <laughs> we do that. pick up the litter. Pouch. Pick up the litter. Follows guide dogs training. Uh, guide dogs in training. And I, it, I keep saying that these are the documentary subjects or the celebrities that people will be most in love with at the end of the festival. are these these. That's why Facebook is inundated with
0: puppy and kitten Mm -hmm. videos,
1: right? There's a reason for that. I'm super excited about Mm -hmm. that one. So tell us about the events. Yeah, so um, obviously we kick off with opening night on October 18th, Um, our opening night film is Science Fair, which is a documentary about uh, young people competing in an international science fair. Uh, It's a little bit like the film Spellbound, but for science, engineering, technology folks. Um, One of the co-directors, Christina Costantini, is actually originally from Milwaukee, um, so she'll be kind of bringing her project home along with the co-director, and we hope a few subjects, uh, to kind of do a bit of a homecoming screening. She grew up uh, going to the Oriental Theater and seeing films there, so it's a really, we hear that it's, you know, one of her dreams was to show her film at the Oriental Theater, and to do so on an opening night is going to be really special, we think. You know, and it's an inspiring, heartwarming kind of a film, it really shows the the future leaders of our world that are inventing these incredible uh, problem-solving techniques. That movie looks amazing. It's really great and then of course after that film we all walk down to the opening night party at Good City Brewing. Everyone is invited who's at the film and everyone who isn't at the film doesn't have a ticket to the film can purchase tickets just to the party where Neroli has their beauty bar every year you we've know, always been a supporter of Milwaukee Films since really the start of our organization and that beauty bar is really essential, making sure uh, our patrons but also our staff are kind of like red carpet ready, you know, during the festival, you know, uh, I'm always concerned because there's cameras around all the time uh, and really helping us look our best, feel our best, uh, you know, take care of us with that 15 day slog. I know our partnership with Milwaukee Film is
0: something that Susan, our owner, is really proud of. I think and Milwaukee the, Film board member. Uh, <laughs> never, yeah. We are um, all really proud and excited to be a part of it. And you have a
1: location right, right. between okay. our venues This right. year we have <laughs> three screens at the Oriental Theater, which we operate year-round now, but we also have a new venue in the Jan Jancer Studio Cinema, which is within the Kettleworth Building, uh, right there on Kettleworth. And prospect. Um, so you're on you're on our campus. Um, <laughs> I may need to remember that when I'm feeling a little less than red carpet ready. And I'll just like pop in and be like, hello, pump. thanks We have people that can. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you do. I, I have some colleagues who take, take advantage of it regularly, it. and I haven't yet. But maybe this is this may be the year. This is the year. I, I hope, hope so. <laughs> <have them laughs> for sure. We wrap all our
0: segments up with the same kind of question, so I'm gonna throw it at you. You're stranded on a deserted island. Usually I ask about a favorite product, but we're gonna mm-hmm. dice it up for you. What is the one movie you couldn't live without? That's a great, end. I'm on a desert island, I
1: hope with like, it weirdly has a cinema that I get to go <laughs> in and I, like sit in the dark, and you know, it's really beautiful. It's fantasy island, you can't yeah. put it It's not like, oh, you have a it on your phone, or like, I get there, I walk in, I walk around the corner in the palm tree and there's a cinema. Uh, so, uh, but it's of course the impossible question uh, to answer with one, so I'm going to say three. Okay. Right? Um, so one of, one of my favorite films of all time is the film Delicatessen by like Genet and Caro, who uh, went on to, in parts, make you know, *Amelie* and folks like that. But an earlier film from this French directing duo, uh, It's Dark. It's dystopian, but it's beautiful in that. Um, and it's all set within this one apartment building, so it feels really like, I don't know, like confining and you know, providing commentary on the world that we live in and things like that. This is saying a lot about my personality. <laughs> um, <laughs> i like, what I like in my entertainment is to be challenged and to like reflect on our world. Um, another film to take it a, maybe a little bit more fun direction is the classic 1985 Clue. It's one of my sleepover <laughs> favorites uh, from my youth we would watch that again I like mysteries so uh, uh, it's so fun I, I, uh, one of my dreams at the Oriental Theatre down the line is to have a clue quote along so I hope you'll be there uh, we'll just yell quotes from the movie at the screen it'll be a ton of fun um, and then I'm gonna say Heather's uh, which is also very dark, dark. yeah I like dark movies but dark and funny but in reflection, recently, I was like, that movie could never be made today. Like nobody would let it let that movie be made. But I also um, we had a new program in the festival this year called Teen Screen. Worked with some teenagers to select films, and one of our Teen Screen selection committee members gave me the smartest analysis of the *Film Heathers*. I need to go back and rewatch it with her lens on it, and I'm hoping, you know, presumably when we eventually show *Heathers* at the theater, that she'll help introduce it because it is the smartest analysis, and it's coming out of the mouth of you know current schooler as opposed to one who grew up within the time. So that's
0: fun. There's random random three films. (laughs) Awesome. Well Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm looking forward.
1: Yeah. See you on October eighteenth. Awesome.
0: Well now I have Elise and Cepeda here with us. Thanks for coming in today.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah thanks for having us. Super
0: fun. So, um, we just had Kara in here talking about the Milwaukee Film Festival, and I just can't help but ask, your ship sinks, you're stranded on a deserted island, and the only things that floated ashore with you are a VHS player
2: and one movie. What is your movie? I don't know that it came out on VHS, but if I had to pick a movie, it (laughs) would be Devil Wears Prada oh for sure for sure
0: that is a good one i love it great
3: mine's a little different um i really love tim burton which is very you know in sync with the holiday season halloween is upon us um i love the corpse bride i always have yes and i know for sure it wasn't on vhs (laughs) i was in like third grade when it came out we're not gonna talk Talk about about how long ago (laughs) that (laughs) was
2: Oh
0: Moving on, anyway. Okay, yeah, we're gonna leave that one alone.
2: Like, did you ever have VHS tapes? Yes. Okay.
3: All the Disney movies. All right.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel
3: better now. Redemption.
0: <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I used to watch, record um, Days of Our Lives every single day yes. on VHS and
2: then um, watch it as I ate dinner. I may or may not have taped over the little security tab. Um,
0: Some of my parents' stuff. Oh no scandalous. (laughs) Okay, so moving on. We've been talking a lot about the film festival and Naroli being a sponsor. It's kind of a big deal around here. So what is the buzz you are hearing in the stores around the film festival and favorite movies?
3: I think it's fun too, is like something just in the middle of
0: the week to be able to go
3: and experience it and have like a fun date night or whatever it's just it's exciting to have it in milwaukee as something to do
0: and get ready for it's pretty cool it is kind of unique and different a lot of bigger cities don't have anything like it right yeah super cool um so you guys obviously being uh, service providers are very comfortable and familiar and take care of a lot of guests that are going to red carpet events, black tie kind of events, weddings, just general special things that they want to look extra great for. So tell us about some of the things, your secret go-to tricks for making sure that you are red carpet ready on
3: a moment's notice. I think number one is taking care of the base, which is your skin. Um, it's definitely something that in these last couple of years I think everyone's come around to enjoying skincare, or wanting to have a skincare regimen. I think that's most important because everything is going to look better if you have glowing skin underneath.
2: Well, <laughs> my tips and tricks are more like week long preparation. Yes.
0: Um, week
2: long preparation? Well, yeah. You don't like all of a sudden realize that you have a red carpet <laughs> event to go to tonight. Or a wedding like tomorrow. They, right. like, you, well, I mean, I fly by the seat of my pants, so yeah. Give okay, a little gross <laughs> <Most> people. These, <laughs> if you have at least 72 hours, make sure you're drinking plenty of water, because mm-hmm. without hydrating from the inside, no amount of lotion, cream, oil that I put on your skin is really gonna help all that much. As I'm drinking coffee over here, folks, yes, drink plenty of water. <laughs> Don't do, you want do and what do! Don't do what we do! Do what You mean you can't just run on iced coffee
0: alone?
2: Not. I mean... I mean That's maybe! Not maybe! <laughs> maybe. Um, but definitely taking care of your skin and your hair in general. So getting regular haircuts. If you are doing some sort of color, get a gloss right before. It's 15 minutes. Added it on to a blowout, why not have glassy, silky, shiny hair? I love that suggestion. Right? Right.
3: It's the little things that makes the biggest difference and what's going to make you stand out among everyone else? Well, especially
2: since most of the looks that we're seeing, like trending right now, are more minimalistic mm-hmm. and not so overdone. Doing a treatment like that right before you go out and just getting some soft waves put into your hair makes it look super healthy and shiny and beautiful without a lot of fuss and 7,000 hairpins that you and your bridesmaids or girlfriends make a game out of who has the most. Yeah, that's happened and to be a whole lot more comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
3: I think we both say this a lot, um, doing things ahead of time that make it a lot easier day of. So whether that's you know, microbladed eyebrows, lash extensions, things like that, so the day of, you're already
0: halfway there. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because I would be that kind of person mm-hmm. who realizes maybe the night before, holy Uh-oh. you know what, <laughs> I have baby on <been> tomorrow <laughs> I'm I'm maybe not ready. Yeah. So what are those things that I could be doing on a regular basis? So when my schedule gets the
2: better of me, I can look really fabulous. So like Elise was saying, we both
1: have had our eyebrows
2: microbladed, which mm-hmm. means it's it's essentially eight tattoo but it's done manually as opposed to with a machine so that your eyebrows always look upright. um and we both wear lash extensions
0: wait okay so not everybody knows what that means to elaborate okay. on yeah
2: that.
3: absolutely so uh i would say in these last couple of years lash extensions have gotten extremely popular but they've also grown a lot the industry's grown and changed but the basics starting from the top uh, lash extensions are your lashes are being bonded one eyelash extension to one natural lash. The end goal is obviously to create a much fuller and longer appearance with the lashes. Um, We also can choose between different uh, curls. So there's uh, a curl that isn't too intense, a more intense curl, and then a really intense curl. So just depending on the look you're going for. There's also volume lash extensions as well, which means You have your natural lash, and we're applying more than one extension that are a lighter weight than that classic lash extension. And I would say that look is becoming more popular, creating that really voluminous look rather than trying to get lashes up to your eyebrows. Um, So no spider lashes. No spider lashes. Yeah, it looks really nice and full, and it's great because they really can be, uh, for a lot of different people, Sometimes the classic lash extensions, you know, you can only bond what's there. So with the volume lashes, it's really nice because somebody that maybe doesn't have a super full uh, natural lash line can now have that voluminous look more lash. So it's great to just wake up every morning and feel ready for the day. You don't need to do a whole whole routine. You have your lashes on and you're
2: like, okay, this is good enough. This works for your day-to-day. No no amount of mascara or primers or weird Pinterest hacks (laughs) (laughs) are going to give you the look (laughs) that lash extensions give you. Weird Pinterest hacks for your lashes? Oh, yeah. For sure. I've seen putting, like, what was it? Doing a dusting of baby powder between each coat of mascara mm-hmm. I i don't know what it's supposed to do heated lash curlers just
3: things something that something about that heat on my eyelids, <laughs> eyelids. <It> sounds so dangerous <laughs> right and that's actually another great thing about lashes and i think it's there's kind of there's a lot of myths
2: surrounding lash extensions you don't need to take a break you don't need to take a break if they're that. being done correctly right that's, that's my right. conscience exactly their are
3: bonded is. One, one to one okay. so your natural lashes can continue to grow and shed as it usually would you can do them for as long as you'd like so i think it's great i love her i need them at all times now so.
0: i've had mine for
2: three four years yeah obsessed okay and i know our listeners
0: can't see you but these ladies have some stunning lashes <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, we're sitting here batting our lashes for <laughs> 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 uh,
0: There's a little too much love happening in this room right now. Sabina. Yes. What are your favorite trends for the season, for fall? Bold lips, bold brows, beautiful yes. skin. Love it. What are your go-to skin tricks? How You both have beautiful skin. How do you maintain
2: that? Um, regular microdermabrasion. Yes. I <laughs> love margarita. Elise is jumping out of her seat just like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I put demagrages once a month, and I maintain that at home with our skin refiner and exfoliating cleanser, which sounds like a lot, but the exfoliating cleanser is creamy, so it still leaves your skin feeling really good. I use the radiance oil during the day and just leave it on. So for those of you that aren't aware, Sapita and Melissa are
0: referring to Aveda products. These are all Aveda products that we're talking about. And specifically, we were just talking about the oleasian oil that is part of the Tulisara Awakening Ritual Kit. Correct. And you typically, people put that on and then
2: remove it, but you leave it on? Yep. Yeah. Especially like this time of year when, you know, it's 80 degrees one minute and then it's 50 and brisk and cold my skin just kind of freaks out and the oil is so light and it smells so good that i just leave it on it does have an amazing aroma i would have to concur with you on that
0: so i guess that kind of just walks us right into what was going to be my last question back on that deserted island here we go. Oh no. Right you now what I'm gonna ask. <laughs> what is the one Aveda product? One, not six, because I know you two, you're gonna have like 20. Oh no. One Aveda product that you absolutely would have to have with you. And go. Are you thinking
2: about it? I know mine, beautifying composition. Beautifying composition. Yeah. And how are you using that? How, ugh. Oh, I use it as a scalp oil for scalp treatments, especially when it's, again, winter time. Um, I use it as a makeup remover, cuticle oil, I put it in the bath, I use it as a full body hydration. I just got a fresh tattoo, so I'm using it for my aftercare. It smells amazing. Okay, I just want to point out that on the deserted island you're not gonna have access to the bathtub. I know, but I could still like put it on myself. <laughs> Gotta keep my skin glowing, no. Lisa. <laughs> just teasing and just teasing. Because you
0: never know who's gonna come to the rescue. Mm-hmm. And we my can look not good when he's <laughs> so sassy.
3: <laughs> Alright, so Sapita just like nailed everything you could possibly need. But um, one of my favorite products is actually the Botanical Kinetics Energizing Eye Cream we and the chair. The trick is you can actually use that eye cream as a face moisturizer too. And one of my biggest things is I don't want to get you know those like fine lines under the eyes, so I need an eye
0: cream with me. I'm completely crazy about that, but then I can also use it as a facial moisturizer. Just very sparingly. Mm, I like that tip. Yep. I haven't heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Learn something new every day. Yep. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here today. Hopefully, you will get out there and enjoy some films. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining the Rolly Uncut today. And a special shout out to Kara, Elise, and Sabina for joining us. That was super fun. If you want to learn more about the Milwaukee Film Festival or the Rolly-sponsored films, you can visit mkefilm.org. If you would like to follow Elise, she is at Elise Does Lashes. And if you'd like to follow Sapita, you can find her on Instagram at Dressing Your Tresses. Be sure to subscribe if you loved us and leave us a review. See you next time.